It's Monday the 18th of March 2019. My name's Alex Elliott and you're listening to The Week in Iceland, the programme that asks what's been happening in Iceland this week, why it happened and why we should care. I'm joined here in the studio this week by Anna Margret Björnsson, Morgenblöder journalist and editor of Iceland Monitor, which is Morgenblöder's English language service, and live from Akureyri by August Olafsson, the head of Ruv's Akureyri studio, which brings North Iceland to the rest of the country. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Now, this week saw the European Court of Human Rights rule that the Icelandic Justice Minister broke the law in the way she appointed judges to the brand new Landsrettur Appeals Court, and that Parliament, the Supreme Court and the President all failed to stop her. The Minister, Sigridur Au Andersen, responded the following day by stepping aside, not resigning necessarily, but stepping aside. And a temporary replacement was announced the day after that. In the meantime, the Landsrettur ground to a halt, and the government looks likely to appeal the European Court's decision. In other news, four of the seven proposed strike actions starting today have been ruled illegal, and there is therefore nothing happening today, although Friday's strikes will go ahead as planned. As well as that, 16,000 tradespeople could be set to vote on strike action as well. Hopes of finding enough capelin in the sea. Am I pronouncing that right? I don't know. Lodnur, um, the fish, to issue a fishing quota this winter are almost gone and the important fish's absence will be sorely missed in the north and east of Iceland especially. Students and refugees have both held protests outside Parliament this week and Iceland Air had a particularly tough week. So where would you both like to begin? Well, if I may begin, then, then I think that's, that the sign of the Minister of Justice is the biggest news of last week, I think, and uh, of course, a uh, lot of things spoken about that, and uh, I think that was maybe uh, the, the biggest news of last week. Definitely. Uh, if you agree. Mm-hmm. Yes. Definitely. Um, so it started on, was it Monday the court ruling came out, or Tuesday? Monday, I think. Yeah. And then the rest of the week was set from that point. It was a big, big decision. It wasn't unexpected, though, was it? Uh, actually, no, I, I don't think so, and and, and maybe <clears throat> uh, I don't think the people should be as surprised as as many of themselves because uh, it had had been appointed of of the courts in Iceland that uh, that laws had been violated, and so 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 people were talking about those appointments very often, so maybe it shouldn't have been as much much surprise as as it sounded. Mm. What do you say about that? Yes, definitely. I think also uh, I find the reactions um, quite surprising, like people are belittling the European court and kind of making light of the decision, like Mm. it's just some total rubbish, which I... I find this quite offensive, really. I think it was predictable in many ways that when a European institution puts its foot down and criticises the Icelandic authorities, there is going to be a section of Icelandic politics that's Mm. automatically up in arms just because it's Europe. Um, But it maybe shows us that we do need that kind of uh, governing body because Icelanders will otherwise just do whatever they want to. So you you heard also the reactions were different. Um, mm-hmm. It depended where you stood in, in politics. Oh, of course, of course. Mm. 
because that, that affected the, the, the Althingi, the parliament, mm -hmm. and, and all that. So, so, of course, they disagreed, mm -hmm. as they do in a parliament. <laughs> so the question there is, what's Katrin Jakobsdottir going to do? Mm -hmm. Because she's the prime minister of this quite broad coalition. And it would be very hard for her if she's, on the one hand, going to accept the ruling and try to make the changes that it requires, and at the same time object to it and, and, and appeal. Can, can we do both? Um, I'm not sure. I, I don't think if you could do both things, but actually, but she has to do, uh, and and the government has to do a lot here to to uh, prevent uh, what what can happen if if we do don't nothing. So, I think it's very hard f for the prime minister to work work through all that. Mm. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the minister just stepped aside, which seems to be the norm here in Iceland. Yeah. People never resign; they just Step aside, yeah. which is interesting. Until next time. Yes. <laughs> 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 yeah. Will yeah. she be back? Uh, uh, I'm not. Uh, if she's gonna be, I'm not sure if, if she's gonna be back as a as the same minister in in some time. But yeah, I think she could come back uh, to her job and uh, maybe. At the parliament, I mean, I think that uh, that's possible, and and uh, maybe it was a, a, a good decision for her to what she did to step aside to resign, what we call it, because I think that was kind of respectful what she did. Mm. It does show a certain level of stepping up to the plate and accepting uh, responsibility, or does it? Mm -hmm. Well, unless I mean, people must have put pressure on her to do what she did so mm. i mean on on one of the days was it monday or tuesday she said no i'm not going anywhere mm -hmm. and then the yeah, next yeah. day she did so mm -hmm. something happened yes. yeah uh, obviously she there was put some pressure on her to to resign because because of what she said the day before but i think uh, uh, this is rare in iceland that, that people step down like that um, Politicians have have done certain things and and just kept on uh, without uh, doing nothing. But but she resigned and and obviously because of some pressure. Mm -hmm. So this is uh, not a normal thing in Icelandic politics that you that you step aside if you if you do some error. Mm. It's much easier in other countries and and uh, much. <clears throat> but less error that people do in other countries, but still resign or step aside. Mm -hmm. that, that, that is norm, normal in the Icelandic politics. The, the case itself was around um, a special committee that was appointed to judge the... Um, what's the word? The, the, how well qualified and well experienced the proposed judges were mm -hmm. for the new appeals court mm -hmm. they gave 15 names to fill the 15 slots mm -hmm. and then the minister came in and replaced four of them with four other people from lower down the list mm -hmm. so the european court is saying she didn't give enough reason for doing this and, and she shouldn't have necessarily done that in response the landsrettur cancelled the rest of its cases for last week um, which i think was probably a good decision but what now because it's Monday now. Are they going to be working as normal this week, Anna? <laughs> well, that's a good question. I have no idea, actually. Mm -hmm. I hope so. I mean, yeah, what does it mean? They can't just cancel the cases outright, can they? 
I doubt that very much, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think that is part of the big problem uh, and the big issue that <coughs> the politics stand before now that to declare what they they can do or, or what they should do. Uh, some people say that the the people that was put in those jobs, the four judges, they should work on because they're at a job, they got a job and they're at a job and they should to, should do their work on, but obviously that's a hard thing to do. Mm. But the rest of the judges, yeah, they have to work on, but of course there's a more pressure of them. They don't have all the time in the world to, to, to work, so they have to work faster and, and maybe there will some be some delays on, of, of issues in, in the court. I think it's also interesting just to kind of look at the whole picture of what what this is saying about Icelandic politics and corruption. In uh, um, it's Icelanders have always hired relatives and friends of relatives mm, um, mm. for certain positions, and mm. I. So I think, yeah, I think we kind of need to like take a look at the the whole picture. I mean, Iceland has often been named as one of the most corrupt countries in Northern Europe. Mm. I think. Mm. Or correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm I'm sure I saw something about that recently, actually. So um, <clears throat> it's uh, something to reflect on, I think. I mean, all of these four people that went in instead of the four uh, that that were named originally, they they're all qualified. They were on the list. They were mm -hmm. just a bit further down. Mm -hmm. So I suppose the question that you're asking is the motives for swapping them mm -hmm. out, why that happened, mm -hmm. oh. and the four people that were replaced did ask that question, and they all got awarded damages, didn't they? Yeah. They took it to court. Yeah, they were, yeah. Mm. Yes, and, and um, in that case, this issue went to the to the European Court of Human Rights, and uh, because of that, uh, the, the judgment out there, then, then the minister had to step down. A lot, lot of, lot of signings in, in Iceland throughout the years have gone through maybe the same way, but no one in <laughs> no one in in Europe or or anywhere else could say nothing about that. Mm -hmm. So it just went on its way in 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 the Icelandic system. Mm. Maybe if we move on to what happened the next day, um, the appointment of Thordis Kolbrun Gilvadotir as replacement justice minister. Mm -hmm. She is currently the industry and innovation minister, and she's keeping that title. So now she's adding a new ministry to her portfolio. Mm -hmm. um, it's a lot of work. Yes, I imagine. <laughs> it's not just a side job, really, is it? But uh, I'm sure she's very highly qualified for it. Mm. I think that must be a short-time decision, because uh, I think uh, uh, the Schostar they didn't have enough time to, to do it permanently. They did it that way, just to so they could carry on. I think in the next few days or weeks, then we may see another decision. I'm not sure, but um, I, I don't think one person can can be a minister in in, in many <laughs> many issues in, in many many parts mm -hmm. because it's a big job. So, in a few weeks' time, you predict maybe we'll see. Um a different minister announced. That would be someone who is currently a parliamentarian but not a minister. Is that 
the way it would work? I think it's possible. Of course, uh, people have, there have been ministers of, of uh, many, many parts, many issues in, in throughout the years, but uh, um, I think it's a, it's a it's a short time decision. I'm, I'm not, that, that's my opinion. Yes, it doesn't it definitely it feels that way. Mm. Mm. And she said that as well. She doesn't <laughs> seem to be like um, begging to keep the job forever. No, <laughs> maybe not. But she is qualified. That's not a question about that. And and she's doing a very good job in in the other uh, in the other jobs. And so. Maybe, maybe she just keep on doing all those hard jobs. I'm not sure. She'll have to have a lot of assistance. <laughs> yeah, uh, be what she has, be, and and of course the uh, the assistance in the in those officers, mm -hmm. it do of course a big part of the, of the minister's job. But still, the minister is responsible for all that, <coughs> all that they do. Indeed. Well, watch this space. Um, should we move on to a different issue? For example, there was the, the refugee protests. There's the strike action that's been cancelled today. Um, where should we go? Mm -hmm. Lot, lots of protesting going on. Lots of protesting going on. Yeah. I thought it was very interesting to <coughs> see the young people protest and, and fight f for the environment, gathering to in, in the climate protest. I think that was... Uh, very interesting to to see and hear those the young people. Mm -hmm. Yes, that up. was wonderful. There was one yeah. in Akureyri as well, yeah, wasn't there? It yeah. was, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And Kramstonki, I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just w walked out of the schools and 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 started protesting and and talking about uh, about the climate, mm. about their future. They said, "We are the future. It's our right to to talk." about the environment and, and so you have to care about our future, they say. It was very, very interesting. Yes, it's, in, it's incredible um, the effect that this young uh, lady from Sweden has had mm, on the world. Mm, I mean, it's been yeah. quite the... This has happened in such a short period of time and it's yeah. very inspiring, I think. Mm. And uh, there were so many people in Reykjavik that gathered for this march. It was the biggest uh, one yet, wasn't yes. it? Yes, yeah. and uh, I didn't go. My son went. He's gone to the two previous ones, but I was. You know, I will definitely join in on Friday. Mm. I think it's inspiring. Yeah, I didn't go. It was just about 200 meters from, from our office, and I didn't go because I was doing other jobs, but my colleague mm -hmm. went over and, and spoke to a few of them, and, and very, very good comments they made to the television. What what was the turnout like in Akureyri? So, sorry, how many people were there roughly? Uh, I I think it was about I don't know maybe maybe one or two hundred, mm -hmm. <coughs> and uh, and uh, very good speeches and and very aggressive. Yeah, they were. And they're they're making a message. They're they're calling on the government, the Icelandic mm -hmm. government, or mm -hmm. all of the governments of the world, because this is going on in I think a hundred countries, maybe yeah. more. Yeah. Because there hasn't been so much, uh, people haven't been listening very much to that, that young people, people of, of, of the, the young people in school, because they haven't been uh, in a protest like this before. So mm -hmm. it's very interesting to, to look how they work, and, and they've been planning that, their work very well and, and made good speeches and, and all that. 
Mm-hmm. It would be, it would be very nice to see the Icelandic government take like a firm lead in these matters and actually have the courage to really take large steps and be leading in that field to, mm-hmm. for the environment. Yeah, you'd have to think that if any Icelandic government was going to do that, it would be, it should be this one, led by the Left Greens with. Um, difficult when you are in a party that supports you know heavy industry so um, mm. but uh, it would be definitely very nice to see and I think this was a very positive thing and I think the protests in general had kind of a positive vibe about them this weekend even though last uh, the beginning of the week there was this um, viol- police violence and unrest and what fights down in Österwörtler, but I think it kind of culminated in, on a positive note on Saturday. There's a lot of singing and, uh, uh, yes, lots of young people who attended who kind of turned it into almost like a music festival. I thought mm-hmm. that was positive and nice to see. Can you explain a bit more about that protest? Oh, the whole story behind it. Well, uh, asylum seekers and refugees have been protesting on Österwörtler for... I think a couple of weeks or three weeks now. Mm. Um, they are unhappy with their um, the refugee camp at Ausbro, uh, which is the former um, US base in Iceland. Um, and there are a lot of they have a lot of complaints, and I'm sure most of them are very reasonable. So they've been protesting, but um, they tried to I think pitch a tent on. Was it Sunday or Monday? Yeah. yeah. Monday, I think. And I think that's when police somehow probably got the wrong idea or, or were afraid that people were up to something. And it came to a brawl between asylum seekers and police who used um, pepper spray on oh. these people, which I thought was pretty awful. Mm. Um, and then they put up the tent anyway, mm-hmm. a few days later. So, so they had a tent this weekend. Yes. That's right. Uh, they, well, apparently they had asked permission from the city of Reykjavik beforehand and got the permission, but the police didn't know that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it was some some kind of misunderstanding, I think, mm. about between the police and themselves. So then there was this thing on Saturday, which was actually called, I think, a uh, march against racism, because um, the the uh, nationalist party of Iceland, Thjölfylkingin, which is a very small yeah. party, um, they actually announced that they would turn up at Österwedler to protest against the asylum seekers who were protesting. So then lots of Icelanders kind of flocked. Um, there was a Facebook event called Protest Against Racism and they flocked to Österwedler to kind of overshadow the uh, the racist party. Well, yeah, yeah. It seems to have worked as well. They, they, yes. There were many yeah, there more were people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the demands of the refugees and asylum seekers, I think they've got five demands. Mm-hmm. Um, close the Ausbru camp because they feel isolated there and the, the housing is not um, up to standard. Mm-hmm. Allow them to work while, they prote- while their applications are being protest- uh, sorry, processed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, better mental and physical health care. And I think an end to deportations under the Dublin regulation. Mm-hmm. Now that one's the hardest one, I think, probably for the government yes. to deal with because yeah, yeah. you can't let you can't just say, "Oh, we're not going to deport anybody anymore," mm-hmm. because yeah, I don't know. No, of course. I mean, it's a very difficult subject to tackle, but I mean, there seems to be a, 
I think the problem is always the, the, the amount of time it takes for asylum seekers to to get a response. So they maybe, you know, settle into Iceland and they they live here for two or three years and, and they don't know what's going on. And um, finally, they kind of have a life and friends and school and then um, then they are deported. So um, mm. that, I think that's... That's the biggest issue, but um, yeah, I mean, of course, it's a complicated situation. But I think that uh, if the if the Icelandic Icelandic authorities uh, legally <coughs> should do uh, and and uh, make that service to the people that they are demanding, then and I think it's a mistake not to have done it because uh, a protest like this one is very not very positive. So, mm -hmm. so I think it's a mistake uh, to let it go so far. Uh, I think they should have done more for these people, uh, so so it wouldn't have come to this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think what the student protest, the student climate protest, and these refugee protests have got in common is that it's people who don't have a strong political voice and don't have the ability to vote, for example, mm -hmm. who are behind the protest and they're trying to be heard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And. Definitely, it's interesting, and I think it's courageous of these asylum seekers to do so because uh, I'm sure they do fear the risk of deportation if they're um, photographed or quoted in the press or yeah. whatever. Because I don't think the Icelandic people com in common knew what was going on, so so maybe that was, of course, the only way for them to to uh, <coughs> to let the people hear what was going on, mm -hmm. and and I think they. They they managed to do that by that protest, and uh, now I think they they may be in a better position position now. Yes, uh, I, I hope so, and I think yeah. there's been a lot surge of positivity. I mean, apart this apart from this small racist mm. party, but I think uh, I, I, that's sort of the feeling I get from it that people are supportive of their cause. Mm. Yeah. I heard heard um, uh, my friends. People were a bit shocked at first, didn't know what was going on and thought maybe there were some protesters that weren't doing the right things. But when they when they had explained what was going on, when people read about it and, and heard about it, then I think they understand now their, their position much better than before. I mean, yeah, we do have to remember at the end of the day this is a very vulnerable group of people. They've been through a lot and they need to be mm. treated with respect. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I've, I'm obviously translating news for the Iceland Monitor about that. Um, so I posted a story on um, the Iceland Monitor Facebook on the weekend. And it was a bit disheartening, really. Every time that there's an English story um, about refugees or asylum seekers, I get all these comments from abroad that just, you know, telling Icelanders to throw these people out and keep our nation pure and just kind of quite frightening, actually. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yes, every, it never fails. Every time there's an article about that, there's a group of people living abroad who uh, have an opinion on what Icelanders should do. <laughs> mm. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yes, that is... Common issues everywhere, maybe. Yes, sure. Okay, should we move on quickly? Mm-hmm. Um, how about what do we know about this? The decision by the Fjallstormers to rule the proposed 
strike action as illegal. So four out of the seven actions, I think, have been ruled out, which is the ones that were going to be happening today. Mm-hmm. Um, where does this leave us? Uh, I think it was it was some kind of technical issues that they thought that was wrong when they when they uh, declared the told they were going going to two strikes and uh, maybe I I don't think they could do anything else if if it was not based on the law. So, but uh, I think it's a. Uh, it's a bit hard for for uh, Epling not not to be able to to carry on with with those the, the strikes. Do you think it will change the the course of the negotiations, or is this is it not not related in that directly? Mm, no, I'm not. I don't think it. I don't think it have have an issue there. Maybe maybe it will, but I don't think it should have any any. Any effects? But when is the next strike then planned? The Friday. Friday, yes. Yeah. It's uh, the bus strike. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because th- I think the one that was supposed to be starting today was the one that included bus drivers, for example, not taking money from passengers oh. and mm-hmm. not checking passes mm-hmm. and stopping for five minutes every hour. Yeah. And these, this is what was... Because I think the court said taking money is in... in an integral part of the job. Yeah. And so it's not something that you can stop doing. So it, like you say, August, it was technical. If you attend, they, they told, if you attend, if you if you go to your job, then you have to do your job as declared. You cannot, you cannot go, go to your job and then drive a car without taking money and so on. It was, yeah, it was some, some technical problems, I think. So yes, we do have a a full 24-hour strike for Friday, yeah. which would be the hotels. So for your listeners, who are, what effect will this have? People will not be having their hotels rooms cleaned and they can't get on certain bus routes. And um, what else is going to happen? <laughs> Wait and see, I guess. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, I mean, we don't really know. No. We've had this um, 13 or 14-hour Strike mm-hmm. by hotel cleaners, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, um, which caused some discomfort, but but not much. Not much. I mean, mm. managers stepped in to do mm. the job for the housekeeping, I think. But I mean, so twenty four hours is a little bit longer than mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. and it affects some different services as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the whole country isn't going to grind to a halt on Friday, but it will cause <laughs> uh, some discomfort. Yeah, of course, uh, and 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 the buses. Uh, I mean, there are, there are hundreds of buses driving, and and you don't pick up hundreds of of, of drivers so easily. So, so I think that will be maybe a bigger effect than the the cleaning of the hotels. Mm-hmm. Mm. No, that is it. Yeah, I'm just rereading the articles here. It, it will include the buses. Yeah, mm. so that's something to look out for on Friday on the way to work. Mm-hmm. Um, right, we are rapidly running out of time, but maybe we've got a moment to just discuss um, Iceland Air. Okay. They've had a big fall in their share value um, and a difficult week, partly because they've had to ground um, a part of their fleet due to the Ethiopian Airways crash. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to be at least until May, I believe, all around the world. What does this mean for them? Um uh, 
they may have to hire some other planes instead of those three they had to ground. Uh, those Boeing 737, was it Max 8 or 9? Max 8, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they must do something like that be because uh, now it's the spring is coming and the summer is coming and, and more, fly more flight is coming in. The summer schedules are heavier, I think, than the, the winter schedules. Mm -hmm. So Bad year for Icelandic airlines. Of course, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And I think they must hire planes instead of those who are grounded, I think. Mm. Luckily, it's I'm only not three. a specialist in flight, but I think it's... Yeah. But I, I believe by the summer they were planning to be flying eight of these. They've only got three yeah. now. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so it is a significant problem for yeah. them. So but those those planes are all in the system, in the common system, system in the summer, so... So they have to do something. Yeah. There was some speculation over the weekend that this could play favorably into the hands of Huawei um, because their lease agreements on these wide-bodied jets that they had to give up mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and, and that those planes could now become uh, important again. Who knows? Possibly. I just find it very, it's very hard to buy a plane ticket these days because you don't know <laughs> what's going to happen with companies. Yeah. You actually hesitate before pressing the buy button. <laughs> I was I was flying uh, one week ago and I, I took a chance and, and bought a ticket with Wauer and, and <laughs> it was okay and, and good service and all that. But yeah. Of course, I... I I took a little chance when when I bought the bought the plane ticket. <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, but, no, but I think uh, uh, <clears throat> maybe they run together. Maybe, maybe it ends like that. Icelander group buys Huawei. I don't know. Or they they merge together. But Huawei uh, uh, has its own program with their own own planes. So I don't. That's not going to help Icelander mm -hmm. to fill up in the in the gap that. That is made made by those three or planes. Well, there we go. I don't know how to break it to you, but um, we do seem to have run out of time. <laughs> have no fear, though. The Week in Iceland will return to roof.is forward slash English and Roof English on Facebook, as well as in the Roof app next Monday afternoon, the 25th of March. For now, it's thanks to my guests Anna-Margret Björnsson and August Olofsson, as well as to Ulfhildur Eysteinsdottir for running the studio like a well-oiled machine. We always like to finish the show with the number one song on the Raustfur chart, and this week, for the second week in a row, it's Briet with her song Dino. Bye for now. <laughs>